Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. Today on the Winning Edge podcast, we're joined by Jack Bruce, a new trainer to the Queensland ranks. G'day, Jack. How are you, mate? Not too bad, Brad. Thanks for having me. That's the way. Tell us about your background in the industry, mate. You've obviously worked for the likes of Bjorn Baker and Chris Waller, Kiramar, Dave Eustace. Where did it all begin before you started with those guys? Yeah, well, I grew up in New Zealand and my background was probably in stud farming more than anything else. I worked for Windsor Park Stud over there and I completed the Godolphin Flying Start, which is basically a a two-year management sort of training program for the thoroughbred industry that Sheikh Mohammed essentially funds. It's a charity, basically. So I spent two years sort of going around the world uh, as part of what was Dali and is now Godolphin. Um, and, and learning from the best in the business. It's a bit of a mix between university studies and sort of practical experience. And um, it was through that that I worked for Mike DeCock. So I spent a racing season in Dubai, which was, I suppose, a phenomenal experience from both a, a, a training point of view and just to see how, you know, racing operates in a country like Dubai. So very interesting times. And I came back to Sydney and started working for Bjorn. So I've spent the last sort of seven a bit years in in Sydney, and um, I'm looking forward to making the move into in my own right. And tell us about how the the Flying Start program got you um, prepared for a, being a trainer in your own right. Obviously, that business type of management. Absolutely, you've hit the nail on the head there. One thing I suppose the Flying Start teaches you above all else is, you know, it's it's the range of people you get to meet and mix with, um, and I suppose you learn just as much about what you don't know as as what you do. And how much there is out there to learn and how you that mindset of just constantly absorbing everything around you and picking things up and everywhere you go, every place you visit, there's something that can be learned from that. And I think that broadening of the horizons has been probably the biggest thing I've I've taken from Flying Start. And obviously the business acumen I learned there and applied later in terms of setting up my own business and um yeah, looking to be a horse trainer. So when did you actually move to Sydney to be with uh, Bjorn? Um, so the start of 2015 um, was when I made the move there. And, yeah, we had a lot of luck. He was probably the season previously had had unencumbered. So we were sort of coming off the back of that. And his business was growing at a at a rate of knots. And, and Jim Clark, who's now a bloodstock agent in Queensland and um, building up a, a very successful enterprise, there he was the racing manager at the time and he had done the flying start so that's how i got my job through jim so i've known jim clark for for sort of many years um and yeah that's how i came to to start with bjorn and the business was growing a lot and by the time i left after four years we ended up having um 100 horses in work so it was a, it was a great time to be a part of the system he's always got a couple of good horses in the barn there doesn't he um what are some of the highlights and best horses you worked with um, while you're with him yeah, he does. He's got a great knack. Um, I would say the highlight would have to be winning Rupert, who was extremely fast and extremely talented and should have won a Group 1. Um, he actually, 
injured himself during the Magic Millions three-year-old race, and then he was retired to start a deal was done for him to stand at Newgate, and he's actually going to stand in Queensland for this breeding season, which is a little bit exciting for me yeah, <laughs> on, <nice>. a, on <laughs> a personal <laughs> level. But he, he's had some good winners, and he's gone well. He's got a really nice horse in Perth. But anyway, I digress. Uh, and the Everest was announced by Peter Volandis about two weeks after we retired him to stud. So unfortunately <laughs> for us, uh, he was never able to, but he was literally the perfect horse for a yeah, race like yep. that. He was so incredibly fast and talented, and probably watching him grow and develop was a big highlight. But Music Magnate won the Doombin 10,000, and um, we had good success over the Winter Carnival. Bjorn loved to travel horses there. Egyptian Symbol, we had a Magic Millions double one year, but Bjorn always has handy horses, and he trains a stack of winners. That's one of his big things, and he seems to get... You know, almost each and every horse he trains to win a race somewhere, which I think is a big talent of his. And winning Rupert's doing some pretty good things as a sire. We have a few of his in the barn, or? Yeah, well, I'm hopeful that I will do. And I'll certainly, you know, when you've worked with the Stallion, you get to know their traits and you get to know what they were like as a racehorse. And it's very interesting. A lot of the. A lot of their progeny will exhibit the same trait. So it's always a good heads up to have, and it gives you a bit of a head start. But with him standing in Queensland um, for this season, he will end up being a cutest stallion, which will, which will, I suppose, really help his appeal in terms of having his progeny in Queensland stables. Yep, and from working with Bjorn, you went to uh, Chris Waller and then to Mara Neusis, um as their foreman in Sydney. Tell yeah, us a bit did. about your stints with them. Yeah, so... Uh, when I was working for Bjorn, Liam Pryor was Chris's racing manager at the time, and he, um, as you know, manages jockeys now, and he was sort of moving from, I suppose, a racing stable into that type of career path, and he was moving up home to Port Macquarie. Um, so that's how my opportunity came about with Chris, and obviously I'd known him through my time in Sydney, and he's a Kiwi. So he offered me that role uh, at his stable, and I worked there. I spent a great year with him. We're based at Rose Hill, but you're sort of across... Um, the entirety of his operation in Australia, which is something that's fairly uh, phenomenal. Uh, yes, 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 won the Everest that year. He had plenty of good horses, and I suppose his his methodical attention to detail is just unwavering, and you know that is essentially the reason he has the success he does, because he just dedicates himself, and um, he's got the right systems in place and the right bums on seats to make it work. So it was great. I had a great year with him. And uh, then Annabelle Nishan went training on her own and the opportunity came up to run that stable at Warwick Farm, which I suppose in my head I sort of viewed as the next step in terms of, you know, running your own stable and managing your own horses. So I sort of went from trying to be across, uh, you know, about 200 horses in general to having 50 or 60 a lot more intimately in the Karen Ma David Eustace role, which was great. So spent a good bit of time there um, from 2020 to 2022 and, um, we had a great run. Obviously, had a horse like Acrobat has just been announced. He's going to stud. He was sort of one of my favourites. He was incredibly talented and unfortunately got injured and it wasn't anything related to, to racing. He just cut himself and it never really healed properly. So he was incredibly fast when the English nursery, but we had other good horses. We were on the gym track both years I worked there um, and we had obviously had a double on Magic Millions Day with Cool and Gatter winning the big yep. one and Snap Dancer winning the Mares race. So I had a great run. Karen and Dave are great trainers and they're incredible horse people. But I just feel like the time is right to launch my own training career now, my own account. And um, I feel like Queensland is a place to be. And that's where I want to, you know, make my life and, and train horses. It's interesting you, you said that you looked after Waller's operation all over Australia because up here in Queensland at the moment, it seems like he's unbeatable. 
He is unbeatable. I see he's just moved into second now on the <laughs> on the Metro list. He's going great, but it's I mean it's a testament to the way he does things. And although he's based in Sydney, I mean I know COVID disrupted a lot, but almost every Thursday he used to go down to Melbourne and go to the Gold Coast. He used to do it all in one day, and he would get around there. He'd do he'd be around his horses at Rose Hill in the morning. He'd get on the first flight to Melbourne. And then he'd be in the afternoon shift at the Gold Coast Stables by the time it got to then. And he would always have his eye on the ball with everything. So I know that he's going very well in Queensland, but I suppose if you're me, it's no surprise. (laughs) It's no surprise that he is because he's got everything down, Pete. He's got a good crew up there, great systems. And um, I suppose he's got the economies of scale to be able to move the horses around and place them effectively, which is what he does best. Yeah, very meticulous. Very how would you describe each of those three trainers or four trainers, including Dave Eustace? What's something that makes them unique and something that you'll take into your own training and spin it into your own operations? Well, I suppose Bjorn is a very sharp operator. He knows how to um, run a racing stable in terms of his routine and his feeding regime. Bjorn's a very good feeder. Um, And I think his ability to keep horses happy and healthy is a reason why he wins a lot of races with, essentially, he doesn't have the, the quality of horse that, um, a lot of those major Sydney stables has, and he's sort of second on the premiership and <laughs> running, you know, <laughs> top all the time. But it's that ability that that he has that I would probably take with me um, in terms of keeping horses fit. Chris Waller is just very patient, and he's got, I mean, I suppose for want of a better terminology, just that confidence in himself to look after horses and wait, and he gets the best out of them. And he won the Carbine Club with a horse called Straight Aaron. Um, last Saturday and he's obviously known that horse has his ability and he's just had the patience to wait until he's physically ready to show it and away he goes and runs him and I think that a lot of people don't have that patience a lot of people are impatient and want to get them up and running as two-year-olds when they're not really ready and Chris just backs his own ability to get them there and that's essentially what happens so patience is probably the word to describe Chris Waller I would say Kieran Ma and Dave Eustace are great trainers, I suppose, individually. So every horse can can work differently, can be on a slightly different routine, can be fed differently. They're very individual in terms of what they prescribe for their horses, and they're very malleable, and they're more than happy to change tack. So if they think a horse is going to be set for a certain race, if they get halfway down the road and it's they don't think that's going to work. They're more than happy to change what they're doing. And I think Cool and Gatter was probably a big example of that with Karen. The, yep. Not so much the, the race planning change, but the way we worked her developed a lot. The sort of the preparation she had in the lead up to the gym crack was quite different once she'd won the gym crack and she was race but he backed off her a lot and sent her up and back to the beach and played around and did different things and I suppose it's that ability to read the play and to adjust and tweak your training that I would take from from Karen and Dave. They're both, I mean, one of their greatest sayings was, Jack, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck and swims like a duck, then it's a duck and that's what we're doing. (laughs) That sounds like a pretty simple uh, way to look at things. I mean, they're simplifying it. They're incredibly talented people and that sort of simplifies it down but essentially that that is their philosophy and i think they've been extremely successful in doing that yep yep all right so um you're going out on your own and starting on may one is that right yes i am so um i take over the boxes on the first of may and uh i'll be on course at deegan which is 
very exciting. I've got sort of close access to the beach there, sort of both Sandgate Beach and Nudgee Beach, which is something I'll probably be utilising, especially my experience as a Kiwi and also with Karen and Dave. So I'll be utilising that a little bit. And obviously, Deegan's got a good grass there and a nice sand track that's effectively brand new. So I've also got um, access under the Brisbane Racing Club to Eagle Farm and Doombin sort of to, to gallop there if, if I so choose or if I need to. So I feel like I've got the best of both worlds where I am and I, I just can't wait to get up there and get cracking. Did you look at a place like the Gold Coast? I know there's a lot of potential for growth there and with the likes of um, Michael Costa leaving the Gold Coast to go to Dubai, did you think about moving a bit further south or did you want to have the, the two tracks, the uh, yeah, um, Eagle Farm, Doombin? No, I did. I, 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 can, I sort of covered all bases when I was you know, on my search for stabling that I thought would, would be effective. I suppose the appeal of being in metropolitan uh, Brisbane is a big thing and that's that's my goal to be sort of training and racing horses in Brisbane and the Metro. So I felt that being there and in the heart of it was something that was quite important. And also um, access to the beach at Deegan was something that sort of swung me a little bit too. Um, I, you don't quite have the access at the Gold Coast in terms of beach training that, that I was kind of looking for, whereas you, you can have that in Brisbane, I suppose, whether you're at Eagle Farm or, or you're at Deegan, but you're certainly a lot closer at Deegan. So I'd considered that. I went to look at the Sunshine Coast as well, um, which has good training tracks as well and is also a great place. But no, look, I settled on Deegan and I think I made the right call. So how many boxes have you got there? Oh, well, I'll start with a fairly modest allocation initially, but I should be able to work my way towards 20. Um, and then I suppose the Brisbane Racing Club's um, philosophy is if you work out to what we expect there might be room for a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, what's the main goal how, have you got a goal of how many you want to grow by per year or in the next five years or? yeah well i do but i suppose my, my main my main goal is i want to compete in metropolitan brisbane that's my goal and i want to build up a good sized team um to be able to do that and obviously there's sort of some practicalities around having the physical space to have enough but you know you look at a guy like Tony Gollan, he's got 100 horses in work and dominates Queensland racing. I mean, he's the ultimate role model in terms of where you want to go and, and what you want to get to. So in terms of my goals in that respect, sky's the limit. But obviously, you've got to be a little bit pragmatic early days and, and figure out, you know, how many horses you can train. But my goal is to be on the Metropolitan list and I want to get inside that top 10 and make my way um, towards the sort of uh, the, the top echelon there. And um, I think I've sort of got a team initially that I can, start to do that with but obviously i need to keep acquiring quality horses if i'm going to be competitive in brisbane so why did you choose queensland well i think queensland racing is on an upward curve and i think there's going to be a lot of development there in terms of a the magic millions carnival sort of a huge attraction it's the place everybody wants to be the major sales company in australia is in queensland so um, i see it as a a source of quality horses b a great place to race them and i think covid has taught a lot of people that they don't have to live in Sydney and Melbourne anymore and they can move up to Queensland and I suppose from their point of view enjoy the lifestyle and still be able to do business up there in a good level. So there's a lot of wealth in Queensland sort of A, that is growing and B, that is moving up there. So I think if you drive from Brisbane to the Sunshine Coast and see the development that's going on on the Bruce yeah. Highway. It's unbelievable. So I think Queensland is, is on an upward curve. The Brisbane Racing Club are putting money into their carnivals. I think it's going to be the place to race horses in sort of five years' time, ten years and into the future. They're, you know, they're getting on the bandwagon with some new races and all the rest of it. So I think Queensland's a place to be and I'd like to sort of get up, 
up there and get stuck in as soon as I can because I think in the future uh, it's going to be a very strong racing jurisdiction. What's the process in getting the stable ready for this kickoff in a couple of weeks? Is it has it been hard or trying to get staff or things like that or getting you know everything sorted out? What, what's yeah, the process well, every, like? everything's a challenge and there's a lot of administration, especially when you're a one man band and trying to get everything. But I've already sort of been able to assemble a, a crew of people to work for me, which has been really encouraging. Um, and obviously, I'm assembling my horses, and that's a bit of a dynamic situation. It kind of every day I, I seem to <laughs> acquire more horses, and I'm getting more and more. <laughs> that's which a good is thing. Good which is a yep. good thing. So I'm sort of trying to work out what scale I will be at initially. But, yeah, there's a lot to work through, but it's all good fun. It's part of the process, and I suppose it just fuels the excitement to get started. So a mix of uh, tried horses and new ones from the recent sales? or Yeah, absolutely. So I picked up a few at the Cuter sale, which was nice. Bought a couple myself and was able to get some to train as well, which I was sort of very appreciative of moving to Queensland and getting that support. And obviously I'm, I'm constantly looking for tried horses. So... Um, I've bought I bought a filly called Cherry Pick, which I was able to sell straight away, and I bought another tried horse called X, um, which I've been able to fill, which is really encouraging. So those English digital auctions and trying to purchase tried horses privately is something I'm very active in doing, and looking for opportunities in that respect to to be able to purchase metropolitan class horses to to race in Brisbane. And so you've got Axe from Michael Costa. Have you got any more coming from him as he departs for Dubai? Or? Yeah, I have a few coming already. And obviously there's sort of plenty of horses he's still training and they're, they're yet to be divvied up. So I'm hopeful that a few more will come my way. Um, and I've known Michael for a long time, so it's been good. He's been able to you know, let me know exactly how he'll be dispersing the horses. And um, he sort of, you know, buying Axe off him was a good thing for me to do because I've been able to get a bit of a heads up on the horse and, um, which has been really helpful. So, yeah, I'm hopeful that I'll pick up a few more from there. And I suppose my connection with Michael only sort of adds to the appeal of those sort of horses coming my way because I'll get a nice heads up on on the horses and what sort of needs to be done. So, yeah, look, it's an exciting time. And given you've uh, worked in the industry in Dubai and he's heading over there, did he pick your brain for a bit of advice? Yeah, we had, a good, we had a good <laughs> chat about that. I tell you what, it's an interesting world, Dubai. It's another place entirely but one thing michael will have is access to great quality bloodstock um and i suppose one thing is that over in dubai they've got the resources to to do what you need to do and i suppose given they have the resources things move a lot quicker so i was talking to him about you know getting some treadmills installed there and you know maybe updating a few of the facilities and he said well yeah i've just been able to click my fingers and it has all fallen into place for me. So it's going to be a different kettle of fish over there. But the racing is very exciting. It's its its own jurisdiction. It's got its own pool of horses. And then obviously when carnival time comes, they come in from overseas. But it's a very exciting place to be in January, February, March. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. Have you got any high hopes for a horse like Axe or Cherry Pig? I know the Stradbroke's not too far away. Um... Axe, I'm sitting for the Magic Millions. He ran in the race last year, and um, I'm simply going to sit him for that race. And obviously, it's a long way away, but I will probably run him through the spring and into summer and have him peaking on the day around Magic Millions time. That's the plan. I've had a great crew of people come into him, and I'd love to give them the experience of owning a runner on Magic Millions Day. And I think with a horse like Axe, that's something that can be achieved. Um, Cherry Pick had good metropolitan form, and she was only a class one horse, um, having just won the one race, and she'd been running placings in town in Melbourne. So my play with her is to, you know, try and race probably in a class one initially, but I think she's a horse with metropolitan form, and I want to get that group together, and, you know, we can have runners on a Wednesday and hopefully a Saturday, and 
yeah, like that's the enjoyment of racing is to be able to head out to the sports on a Saturday and have a beer and <laughs> kick your horse home. And I think she's the perfect horse for that. Obviously, down the, in the future, I'd like to think I can get her to possibly stakes class, but obviously you, you need the horse to improve and, and keep developing on that pathway you know, that she's on. But, yeah, I think initially I just want to get to the metros and these are the sort of horses I want to be purchasing and having people buy into, horses that can run in town and get to those big races like the Magic Millions. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you and to check out what kind of horses you've got available? Well, they can go straight to my website. It's very simple, just jackbrucerracing.com.au. My phone number's on there, so please feel free to give me a buzz and have a chat about the sort of horses I'm acquiring. Uh, I've had some that have filled sort of rather quickly and I haven't even advertised them I've simply bought them and, and, and sold them and um, so yeah please do get in touch and register your interest I'm always happy to chat and I suppose my main goal is to get people into horses that they want to race and um, achieve the goals they want to in terms of the horses they have and I'd like to build up a nice stable where I've got you know the diversity of, of horses in there and everyone can sort of enjoy themselves at the end of the day the whole the whole point of this great industry is to get together and enjoy your horse racing so that's what i want to achieve with everybody yep exactly all right well uh thanks for the chat mate and all the best for the new career kickoff in a couple weeks time no worries brad thanks very much for having me and um yeah i'm really looking forward to um being in queensland and you know training horses and having a lot of fun at Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities, and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com, look at our membership options, make your choice, and enter the promo code PODCAST to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.